Welcome to Potter Familias, coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. I'm Todd Sylvester. I'm Stefan Sylvester. This is the green version of the podcast. We did not plan this. People are going to think if they just do the audio version, they're going to think we're talking about money. No, no, we're or or something else. But we're just both wearing green shirts, and we didn't plan that. Nope, just kind of happened. Because it's not the same shade of green. It's not like we're hashtag twinning or anything. No, we're not doing that. Do you know any any father and sons that like dress the same purposefully? Not like costume stuff. I mean, they actually dress the same. Mm, No. Okay. I know that good because it's healthy not to do that. The Gronkowski families all walk around, or the because you know Gronkowski, whatever his name is, Rob Gronkowski, the tight end for the Patriots. Yeah, he has a bunch of brothers and his dad, and they're all about the same size. They all look like football players. Come on, so they all walk around with their shirts off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or at least, according to the pictures that I saw on this news article, that happens a lot because there were a bunch of pictures of their entire family. Shirtless. And can they really pull it off? Well, yeah, they're all huge. But I mean, huge as in like... Huge as in muscular. Oh, okay. Yeah, they all look like football players. Even the dad? Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. That's I think he, cool. he played too. If I was in better shape, I would probably walk around without my shirt on more. I think I would too, but I'm also kind of at that point in my life where I've just sort of given up. <laughs> like... Uh, man, it would it would sure be nice you to have a six are pack. Not even thirty. It would sure be nice up. to have that vein running up my bicep. You can't give up. I also really want this piece of pizza. Come on, uh, and maybe another piece of pizza. Like, come on, Don't like give I give up. I, I okay, I I am joking. Like, I haven't given up. I still really enjoy playing sports, but I I also really love food, and I can't see myself making the sacrifices necessary to get in ridiculous shape now at this point in my life. Maybe that'll change. But if I have a choice between food, sleep, or exercising, guess which two I'm choosing? (laughs) (laughs) Exercising twice? And I have accepted this fact about myself. I'm okay with it now. Which there could be motivating factors down the road. I mean, sure. I still still love to, to weight lift. I still love to play basketball. I just would much rather sleep. I don't blame you. I don't, I'm, we bailed on the gym this morning, Mom. Yeah. Maybe when the kids are a little bit older and I don't have to get up so often during the night. Yeah. Like, fair. Maybe I'll go back to the gym. That's fair. Ready for the main thing? I am. Let's do this. Let's do this thing. It's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there are many people in everyone's life who have been sort of in a mentor capacity, either directly, where they've directly known the person and and influenced them, or by virtue of what they wrote, said, or did, they have caused any particular person to move along the path of becoming who they are. So kind of like an Instagram story? No, not at all like that. <laughs> no, that why how do you even know what that is? You don't have an Instagram. You know, because the influencers. No, I'm talking about influencers in terms of how people help you become the person that you are, right? So you and I are old enough now to we probably have lots of these. And yes. I wanted to talk about the people that have influenced us in a profound way. Okay. And so I wanted to do it in a couple different ways. So first of all, uh, somebody who for me 
was a profound influence on my faith and the things that I believe who I've never met. I've only read things Whoa. that he wrote. I've only read things that he wrote. All so right. give it to me. When I was in college taking Catholic studies classes, which were awesome, by the way, at the Univers- uh, University of St. Thomas, shout out to the Tommies. Woo! Um, apparently our football team is really good again. Nice. Which is great. It's like, do you have awesome. anyone to play? Is there anyone in the stadium? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I, I guess they were good last year. <laughs> I don't know about this year. Is D3 even happening? Who knows? Know. But anyway, um, when I was taking these classes, I started to read the writings of now, is he a saint, John Henry Newman? Did that happen? Yes. Yeah, so I started yeah. to read his writings, and it was his book where I, I, it was essays about something. I, the title is escaping me right now. I can look it up in a second. But he was writing this book while he was going through his conversion process. Wow. So he wrote the first half of the book, and then he wrote the second half of the book. It's like essays on doctrine or something right, like that. Right. And you can tell halfway through the book that his perspective has changed. Mm-hmm. And it's basically an argument from authority for the uh, for the Catholic Church. Yeah. And he was writing it initially as an Anglican bishop, mm. which is wild. And he ended up becoming this um, profound Catholic thinker, and I think eventually he'll be a doctor of the church. That's awesome. So he profoundly influenced me because for the first time I was reading someone's personal account who was very smart, and a little bit more accessible than reading somebody like Thomas Aquinas or Augustine because mm-hmm. he lived in the 18th century. Right. So, or uh, 19th century, excuse me. So reading his writings and hearing this very clear argument about um, why you can trace the authority of any particular teaching back to the person who was given the authority mm-hmm. and what that means for, for example, the church fathers, the early people in the church who had this authority to write about it and what the church taught and what, what we should do and, and believe and why it's actually a good thing to go back and check your sources with all this stuff. Yeah. He had this incredible thesis of why that matters and why if you are reading the church fathers correctly, it actually means that you should be Catholic. And he was a really influential Anglican bishop and it was a huge scandal in the Anglican church when he defected is what they would say but right. he he converted to catholicism and he and he had to take so much from all of his contemporaries yeah negatively mm-hmm. cuz even the catholics didn't welcome him with open arms from yeah. what I, from what i understand they did not and he lived a lot of his life sort of in in exile from both camps because nobody really knew what to do with him but he was a brilliant brilliant guy yeah Man. reading his writing is just incredible that's beautiful That's beautiful. So he was a profound influence on me. It's funny, you and I cut from the same cloth because it just seems like sometimes books have that effect on us. Yeah. I was discerning the Franciscans when I was 18, 19 years old, and I went down to spend a weekend at the friary with these Franciscans, and they were so chill and prayerful and doing all this kind of stuff that they said, all right, for the next three hours, you can do some spiritual reading. And I said, well, I didn't bring anything. For spiritual reading and they said oh no we got a library so i go in very humble library you know a couple bookcases and i go in there and i'm looking and i'm looking and then one book catches my eye it's a man for others and i grab it and it's on the life of saint maximine colby and um. i was still fairly new really to the church i had only kind of had my reversion for about a year year and a half 
And for me, when you said saints, I was thinking statues, stained glass, maybe paintings would be the most modern form of a saint. Right. And here I'm going through, and there's photographs of St. Maximilian Kolbe, because he died in Auschwitz during World War II. And he was very distinctive looking. So I sat down, and I read the entirety of that book, just cover to cover, and finished it, and then the dinner bell rang. (laughs) Bless you. Excuse me. Dinner bell rang, and I went, and... I was like, oh, my Lord, that was the most incredible thing. And I started talking about Maximin Colby. And years later now, fast forward to the radio show that I co-host in the mornings on Catholic Radio, we have a first-class relic of St. Maximin Colby sitting in there in the studio. That's cool. And a lot of people are like, wait, how'd you get a first-class relic? Because I thought he was, you know, died in Auschwitz, and then they, they put him in the crematory. And I said, well, the brothers knew how holy he was. For near the, especially near the end of his life, and they always saved his hair when they would give him haircuts or he'd trim his beard. That is wild. So, yeah. That, I didn't know that. That's really yeah. cool. And if you're not Catholic and you get weirded out by this kind of stuff, just Google it and you can check it out. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's religious influencers that have had profound effects on you and I. So, what about fashion? Do you want to go fashion? I don't want to go fashion. <laughs> I Look, I, I'm a dude. I pretty much know what things I like to wear. So I wear skinny jeans because... Will you please leave me alone with the skinny jeans? (laughs) I follow these people on Instagram. (laughs) Get out of here. All right. All right. right. I'm not going to swear on the podcast, but... It's family friendly. I wear skinny jeans and boots when I go play music. And you look good. And that is my style. Yeah. It has been for years. I don't know why this is still such a difficult thing for everyone to accept. <laughs> it just sounds funny. It Skinny does. Skinny jeans sounds funny. Yeah. Sorry. It's it's a it's a stigma that one day will go away. Okay, and people maybe. will be able to wear their skinny jeans yep. in peace. And, and then they'll be fine with it. Okay. So what's anyway, the next category? Um, people who've had profound influence on us in our family lives. Okay. And for me, that is probably, um, and this is going to surprise you, it's probably in our extended family, my uh, grandpa Emil, Ooh. and and I think that he's he's now deceased. But I think that the reason for it is because so many memories that I have that are associated with the senses, like whenever I sip a Dr Pepper, I immediately am right back in their house on Elysian Fields. Wow, because we we spent so yeah, much time there. Yeah. I still will start humming songs just randomly that he taught me when I was a little kid. Mm. And I remember, because obviously our relationship changed as I got older, but a lot of the formative years of my life revolve around memories that have to do with him. That's beautiful. Obviously outside of just my immediate family, which is probably the primary influence. It's like I would have to pick him and say that he um, has given me the most memories from my childhood out of anybody else. That's awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. This one, people are going to be like, "Oh, come on, Todd. That's that's not fair. You can't you can't use your own mom." But it would be my mother, yeah. Lulu, your grandmother. And there's a few reasons. First of all, she always loved having parties, yeah, and she loved social gatherings, and she loved feeding people. And you would think, as someone that might get old, you know, or I might look at that and like, "Come on, you know, what's what's? Why do we always have to have people over and yeah. all this kind of stuff?" But I, I personally saw a lot of people who had just an incredible encounter socially in a positive manner because of the things that my mom was doing. 
Yeah. And they would thank her specifically. You know, Louise, thank you so much. You know, I had the, the time of my life. I mean, that's a phrase that maybe someone's throwing around. But when you're a young kid and you, you hear that, the time of my life, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And that, you should be grateful for this, by the way. Because that caused me to desire, you know how you, they always say, oh, you're going to marry somebody like your mom. Yeah. I desired to marry a woman who really was into hospitality Yeah, and was wanting to feed people and wanting to ha- gather people. And that's your mom. Your mom just loves yeah. to feed people. If you come over to our house, you're going to eat. Even if you have just had a seven course meal, you better eat something. You, you will. You better eat something because my wife is going to think that you hate her. Mm-hmm. Just FYI, if you're ever coming to our house. Exactly. Yeah. So that's our family members. And then I also was thinking about influencers that I don't really have any personal connection with, but who are very famous and well known in some you know, either a politician or the arts or whatever, just somebody who's had a profound effect on me. And I was thinking about it and this is both positive and negative. So this is interesting. So I started listening to the band need to breathe when I was in college, even probably late high school. And back then they were just starting out, uh, had only released a couple of records at that point and were starting to grow in popularity and they become very popular now and the band is led by two brothers, Bear and Bo Reinhardt, or it was until Bo left the band recently. And that's actually part of why this was such a profound influence on me. So the way that I sing, the way that I write songs, the way that I play guitar, even the way that I act on stage when I'm doing a performance is all profoundly influenced by Bear. Wow. The way that he conducts himself. I remember... Uh, before anybody explained to me what it was for a musician to be cool, I knew what it was because Bear had it. Mm. And that's why he's the front man in the band. And I think that actually caused a lot of tension, whether or not it was caused directly by their success or or whatever, or people's impression of Bear in particular, but it caused a lot of tension between him and his brother. And so the positive parts were that he profoundly influenced me as a musician, as an artist, and I take a lot of the things that I would call parts of my performance directly from his influence. Now, on the flip side, I also see what things not to do mm-hmm. because I think that in his relationship with his brother being so rocky and so full of tension and the unresolved stuff that's there that we can all see, like we don't know the details obviously, but we can see how much tension there was. I know what not to do, right? Yeah. Like I know that there are some things that have to be resolved in order for you to have an effective presence as a band or as an artist. You can't hate the other people that are on stage. Mm. You just can't. Yeah. And if you do, the whole audience can tell that you do. Yeah. Right? So I learned some things both positive and negatively, but I think if I had to pick one artist as a musician that I was most profoundly influenced by, it was Bear. Wow. Wow. I hope I get to meet him one day. That would be cool. That would be super cool. Because I can tell him all this and try not to be weird about it. Maybe you'll be opening for him or something. Like that, that would be sweet. That'd I would be, not complain. That'd be kind of cool. My oldest brother is very e- eclectic with his musical tastes. Yeah. And it had, I think, an incredible positive effect on me when I was growing up because he introduced me to a lot of artists that I wouldn't have just naturally, you know, become acclimated to 
at that time because I was young and that was back before you had the internet and all that kind of stuff. So you, mm-hmm. you kind of had to be really conscious about the artists that you listen to. And one of the artists that he introduced me to was Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. And I bought the live set, which I, I believe, I'm trying to remember, I think it was four records at that time, but I I wore them out. I yeah. mean, it, I played them all the time. And then I made tapes of them. That's how old I am. I made cassette tapes <laughs> of them and played them in the car and just constantly was listening to it. And I would crank it. I mean, absolutely crank it. Yeah. And it just, it just had an effect on me to desire things that were well done, to desire things that, in my mind, that were beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of instilled in me that desire for quality, goodness, you know, it, it wasn't pop, quote unquote, music. Yeah. I know later on, sometimes he, he got a couple hits that were on the top 40, but um, the majority of his stuff was kind of in the fringe. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it pop, except for those couple of songs you're talking about. Right, Sledgehammer and mm-hmm. some of those other ones. That Salisbury came. Hill probably was really uh, No, that was still kind of pretty pretty fringe. Well, that was late 70s. Yeah. That, was, that type of music was pretty popular then. Yeah, but it, it, it just had a huge effect on me. So I think about that. I go back in time and I think of, you start connecting the dots and you, you look at that like, had he not done that, then I don't know if I w- ever really would have been introduced to him as an artist and mm-hmm. listen to a lot of that stuff. I mean, man, I, I remember pulling into the parking lot, senior parking lot in high school and got into the spot and I'm just cranking the song and I'm closing my eyes and I'm singing at the top of my lungs and then it gets over and I open my eyes and a bunch of people are looking at me in the parking lot and they're just laughing their heads off. And they're like, geez, Todd, you were like, it was like you didn't even know that anything was going on in the world. I'm like, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There was nothing else. You wish you could enjoy music in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. To get to that place. Yeah. But what do you think about nowadays where a lot of people do say, you know, we're joking about that, like an Instagram influencer? Oh, yeah. So I think that the, the meaning of the word has completely changed in the social media age. And I think there's some problems with that. So. First of all, there's the idea that you can everybody is influenced by everyone, right? Agreed. So there's there's all kinds there's this web of connections that everybody has with people that they are drawing aspects of their personality from and getting the things that they believe and think from a lot of the people in their lives. And this is different for everybody in terms of how much of their personality is because of outside influence. Right. But I think there's a whole generation of people that are younger than me who are being profoundly influenced by figures who we would call influencers on social media much more than anybody in my generation or your generation. Why? Why why do you think they're so receptive to it? Because they're so accessible. Like, think about how inaccessible... Like, what were the chances that you would get to see Peter Gabriel live more than once in a year? No, no, zero. Yeah, right? zero. Yeah. That's that would be impossible. So right. when and he even, wasn't going to be on television, and right. there was no internet. Exactly. So they're really like you could you had this understanding of who Peter Gabriel was as an artist, and his influence on you was relegated to listening to his records for the most part. Yes. Right. So a poster. I and had then, a poster. And too. then think about my generation. So YouTube was just starting to become a thing when I was growing up. And that was a new way that you could interact with artists because you could watch their music videos, kind of like you could on MTV in the 80s when mm-hmm. that first started. But I had 
constant access to that as long as I had the internet and my laptop. Wow. And so because of that, I could be much more profoundly influenced by Need to Breathe, for example. If I'm looking at the band that I was talking about, I could go and watch any of their music videos whenever I wanted to. Yeah. So now here's the big change. Bands and artists, especially young artists, are so accessible that they interact with their fans on a regular basis on social media platforms with just random people who are fans of theirs. So Justin Bieber doing the whole, um, during the whole pandemic shutdown was doing these Instagram live videos where hundreds of thousands of people would be watching and he can just go through the list and select somebody to be in the video with him. And he was doing that with dozens and dozens of people. And they were these videos were getting very popular because everybody wanted to be in the video and talk to Justin for a minute. Think about how accessible artists are now in comparison to even 15 years ago. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? I didn't even know about that. Yeah. And it's it's happening. So just randomly, he would just go, he would just swipe go up, through, boom, just swipe up, it. pick somebody, and they're in the video, and they can see Justin Bieber, and he can talk to them. Okay, that's freaky weird. It's cool. I think it's cool. I think it's cool too. But my point is that people have so much more access to whoever you would call an influencer nowadays that you can be much more influenced by your relationship with them. Because even if you don't ever get to actually be in Justin Bieber's video, you know that you potentially could. Should we then kind of caution ourselves on how we allow others to influence? Because think about this. Like even on a minor thing, mm -hmm. whenever I'm buying something online, I love reading the reviews. Yeah. And And I I don't know these people. I don't know these people from Adam, but I like reading the reviews and I'm even more interested in the two and three star, not the five star, not the one. You want to see what people's complaints were. I'm with you. And that's fair. That's another way that you interact with people. But if we're talking about influencers specifically, we're talking about people who you have a reason to want to know what they think about things. Okay. Right? Yeah. So reviewers, that's one thing, but you're not interested in the person. You're interested in what they had to say about the product. True. With people on Instagram who you'd call influencers, you're interested not just in what they think and say and do, but your life, especially if you're a young person, is going to be molded by this. Like, do you know how often I have kids in my youth group come and say, oh my gosh, like this person on Instagram or nowadays it's on TikTok. This this person on TikTok, she was wearing this new outfit that I've never seen before and I have to go buy it immediately. <laughs> now, you might say that's not that different from people's experience of seeing a celebrity in a movie in the 80s or 90s and dressing no, the same way. I never ran out to buy an well, outfit. Maybe you didn't, but a lot of people did. That's the reason why fashion changed so much over the course of those two decades, right? Because yeah. it's influenced. It's influenced by influencers. We but, should bring back the fringe, the leather fringe. Yeah, please no. On the jackets. Nope. Yes, baby. Nope. Yes. I'm going to disagree with you there. It's going to be a no for me, dog. But my point is that it's the accessibility that's changing things. It's not the fact that influencers exist. Mm. It might seem like there are more of them, but it's just that you can only, I mean, what, if you get 100,000 followers on Instagram, that's a relatively small number of people that care what you think. But it also means that they can interact with you and they have a much higher chance of actually interacting with you if they follow you. Wow. Yeah, man, things have really changed. Yes, they have. That's so crazy. I think that it's important to have, um, to understand your influences, first of all. And there's like, we could, we could spend several episodes just talking about 
the profound ways that we've been in, been influenced by so many people. We're just picking and choosing mm-hmm. here. But right. so you should understand um, that you are being influenced, and you should. That's know, probably the most important one, right there. Yeah, and then you and then you need to understand who is influencing you. And as you, as I've gotten older, that's become more and more important. Mm-hmm. So. And then we should then turn it around and think that we are influencing others. Yeah. So let's try to do that in the most positive way that we can. Exactly. And to your point, who knows what this is going to be like in a few years. Ten years from now, we'll probably look back and say, oh, man, it was having all these effects on society that we weren't aware of. Right. Because I don't know if it's a total net negative or not. I'm not sure. That remains oh, to be I'm seen. Oh, I'm not even saying that it is. I'm not saying that you are, but yeah. we we honestly don't know. Like, no one knows. If somebody is saying, this social media stuff is bad, <laughs> it's rotten the children's brain. You know, they said the same thing about... They're not even spelling TikTok correctly. They said, no, they're not. They said the same <laughs> thing about video games when gaming was starting to ramp up and get huge. And then they said the same thing about music videos before that. Yeah. So, who knows? Who honestly knows what real effect this is going to have on society? It just it remains to be seen. But everybody needs to be aware that they are being influenced. Okay, there you go. Hey, do you have a cool thing? Um, I do actually. Do you want to go first? Yes. I'm in, I'm curious. Do we have a song for a cool thing? We do. I don't remember. One cool thing. One cool thing One cool thing I gotta give credit where credit is due because I was like, I need a cool thing for the podcast and Lizzie was there. Oh. She helped me with this one. Oh no, you're gonna beat me. Oh, this is really, really cool. Okay. She shows me a video and it's competitive tag. Oh, I know about this. So it's the small little thing with all of these obstacles and ramps and things to jump over and slide under and like three, two, one. And the guy jumps out there and it's just one-on-one tag, And you have 20 seconds to tag him. Yes. Yes. So you're trying to get away from him. You score points by evasions. See, I know more about this than you do. (laughs) And it's cool. Yeah. It's called World Chase Tag. WCT. And there are leagues and it's extremely competitive it's been happening for several years now. and it's super cool it is it's awesome man that is a cool thing you're welcome mine is thanks lizzie i love you mine is a food thing mosquito that's right that's a food thing as a mosquito no i just killed a mosquito okay um so mcdonald's fries pretty good right yeah yeah i think so too they're kind of my guilty pleasure and my wife's guilty pleasure so sometimes after a date if we go out and we get some food we will sometimes go and get McDonald's fries because they're amazing. You know what Lulu used to do? What? She would always order them without salt. Really? Because she'd know that they would have to make them fresh. Oh. And then she would salt them. So they always came out piping hot. That seems bougie. It seems bougie, but she, you remember, she would microwave her meal in the middle of dinner. <laughs> yeah, so she because liked it Because that's my she mom. She liked it hot. Oh, she liked it um, to where it would melt the fork. So... McDonald's fries taste pretty good right now, but apparently they used to taste a lot better. And there's this... I will tell you that they did. Yeah, and do you know why? I I read a story on this. Do you know it's, what it was? It was like lard or right, something. So they changed the recipe and they changed the recipe because there was this study that came out that said that the particular fat that they were using to cook the fries in, which was lard, it was animal fat, had this really high 
co- you know, content of fats and things that weren't good for you. And Triglycerides. So, yeah. yeah. And so they made the uh, McDonald's made the decision to completely change their recipe and the fries are still good, but they're not nearly as good as they used to be. And then now, years later, it's come out that there really was never an issue and are they going back? Well, no, they're not. Why At least not? They, they don't have any plans to right now because there's still this public perception that if you cook your fries in lard, that it's not healthy. Which, by the way, if you're going to McDonald's, that shouldn't matter. Exactly. That shouldn't matter at all. You know, it's like you're already going to get fast food I'm at the pretty, grossest place. Well, maybe not the grossest place, but you know I'm what I mean? I'm a pretty healthy guy, okay? And I make a lot of health choices. But when you don't want to make a health choice, you go to places like McDonald's. Or another thing that really irritates me is that they stopped using coconut oil when they make popcorn in the movie theaters. Seriously? Same reason where they're like, oh, it's got too much high fats. And I know in the comments, there's going to be some PhD that's going to be like, Todd, you're, you're killing yourself if you do that. Well, you know what? You know you are. Do all PhDs talk like that? And it's delicious. Well, they're all smart, so they all do. Well, actually, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. There you go. Yeah. Maybe they'll bring it back. I sure hope so. Yeah, that'd be awesome. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Share, like, share, like, do the things. And possibly become a patron. Maybe. Down in the description. Five bucks a month. One extra episode a week. And you get the bonus episode. The next bonus what, 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 episode what, 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 what. is Stefan and I were going to be sharing if we were stranded on a desert island, what is the one thing that each one of us would want to bring with us? And why? Dun, dun, dun. It's a deeper topic than you would think. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Thanks so much for listening to Potter Familias. We appreciate y'all.